gentlemen, welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are set for the quarter. No, well, like one third. One third. Yeah. One third power rankings. Uh, a third way through this season. About twenty-ish games through. You know, of course, you've got some teams who've only played fourteen. So really, it's a quarter of the way through their season. Uh, but looking forward to doing a a. I'll say it's probably a, you know, a foot deep, but a mile wide on all these teams. But just to get a quick, a quick little recap of how some of these teams are doing, we'll spend, you know, some of these garbage teams, we'll, we'll probably spend 30 seconds talking about them. Although sometimes those are the ones that are fun to, uh, to dive into why they're doing so poorly. Um, and other teams will spend a little bit more time. So, you know, one to two minutes per team, that'll get us at about an hour and, uh, we will, uh, give our analysis on how this is going so far. There are, I would say, not as many unexpected teams that are not good. Outside of my uh, thus far horrific pick to have the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs, which I'll admit, of course, was a uh, it was a ballsy move, but, uh, you know, my... Yeah, I picked the Rangers. Looks They're like my balls a... got cancer because <laughs> uh, it's, it's not looking good <laughs> with, with that. So... Um, Go get your nuts checked. Thank you. Know, you. Yeah. Make sure you do that. I know it's not. I know it's not November. So I check them every time I'm in cares, the shower. But yeah, you just gotta you know grab them and cough and. You know. <laughs> that's what, hey. I that's, need to leave. That's what, that's that's what it's all about. Um, so let's, without further ado, let's let's dive in here. Uh, we're gonna start at the bottom. So you know, familiar faces that you're about to see here at the bottom. Uh, a couple teams that have been near the bottom of pretty much everybody's power rankings for I'd say the last two, at least two years, uh, basically since the Ottawa Senators lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in Game Seven in overtime in the Conference Finals, they have been near the bottom of the barrel, and uh, I think that's where they'll find themselves. At least they do in mine, despite winning three in a row. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in. Yeah, can we thank the Ottawa Senators for getting Claude Julien fired? Because that might be part of the reason. That's yeah, that's true. Montreal had their struggles against uh, they did against Ottawa, and I, well, I think from from what I understand, listening to some Thirty One Thoughts, Elliot Friedman did say he had heard that it it was probably already in motion before that game even had happened, but it became official after that game. So makes sense. I. You get the sense that uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come yeah, to Montreal. Yeah, yeah. We'll come to Montreal. <laughs> uh, let's let's start it at number thirty-one. I'm assuming that you you have the uh, the league's most intriguing power play at number thirty-one. I have Ottawa at thirty-one. Oh, you have Ottawa. I do. Okay. And so, despite like, winning a bunch in a row, yeah. You know, it's funny. You're going to look at any power rankings on the the league, and it's going to be either Ottawa or Detroit, right at the very bottom two spots, right? So, um, for me though, the only reason I put Ottawa behind Detroit and Detroit at number thirty was basically the goaltending on Ottawa is so horrific. I mean, it is just statistically terrible. Um, over the last since February 25th, I saw this Sportnet stat: uh, minimum ten starts, worst save percentages in the league. Matt Murray is in the top five in terms of worst at eight eight seven. It has not been good for him. All season long, they just they can't they can't win a game. And despite Brady Kachuk being the lead the league leader in shots taken, yeah, uh, Ottawa has been has been quite bad. Uh, I guess I will say this for Ottawa: they have actually done okay against some really good teams at times. Like they they 
have beaten the Leafs a couple times. <laughs> They've beaten Montreal. They have beaten Winnipeg. Like they, they're actually beating some okay teams. Um, and and of course they you know they've won three in a row. Ottawa like the Leafs can't beat Calgary, and then in comes Ottawa and Ottawa does it <laughs> six right. to one. They blow them away. Now some of that might be hey you had several difficult games against the Leafs. It was a grind, and then you go play this crap team, and you yeah. Yeah, and then when you look at Detroit, I mean, there's actually two teams that have allowed more goals than Detroit, which is shocking. Uh, I figured Ottawa maybe would have been the only one, but there's another one. Yeah. Yeah, Coover is uh, quickly falling, falling and falling fast. Should have never let Tenev and Markstrom go. Yeah, some things things have gone awry there. Uh, I do have Detroit last. I I think based on a 6% power play, that's... It's bad. That, not, not that, you know, of course, power plays can go through little slumps. And, and sometimes really good teams have so-so power plays. But when you have a 6% on a power play, to me, that shows not only just a, probably pretty brutal coaching, because even even bad teams in the past, like the Buffalo Sabres, they have a good power play. They're right. the best power play in the league. <laughs> They're terrible, but they have a good power play. So that, to me, says Buffalo has a lot of talent. But something's going wrong. Something's going horribly wrong. Detroit, though, has such minimal talent that even when they get on the power play, they are so bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, Dylan Larkin is on pace for 29 points, and that would lead the team. 29 points, which over the course of, a, of an 82-game season is like 40 points. 40 points to lead a team in scoring. Yeah, I can't really... All this talk about about Dylan Larkin being... He's actually pretty elite, but he's you know just on a bad team. I don't know, man. Like Even players on terrible teams that are elite put up 50, 60, 70 points in a year. Oh, sure. We Dylan remember... Larkin might not put up 40. Yeah, I remember some really good Ranger teams where like their leading scores were 50 points, right? Right, right. But... Again, and they got it done by committee, and that was sure. There's no committee in Detroit. I feel bad for Larkin though, because literally the only good line mate he's ever played with since the start of the season, Tyler Bertuzzi's been injured for most of the season. Right. So right. nobody else is contributing, and so what are you going to expect at that point? So, so you have you have uh, Ottawa 31, Detroit 30. Yep. I, I have those two teams flipped. Um, flip a coin. I don't want. I, I I guess I don't want either of those teams this year, but I would. Looking out over the horizon, Ottawa to me has a little bit more hope. So therefore, I'm more hopeful about them in the back half of the year than I am about Detroit. Like Detroit is just going to keep on bleeding. Okay. And I think Ottawa has the potential to stop the bleed and and to finish this season with some dignity. <laughs> yeah. Detroit, has, um, there's no dignity there. I, <laughs> I'll give you that. Although I will say when you talk about hope Detroit does have the fourth best prospect ranking in the NHL so there's some hope there for them in the future according to whom I don't remember I think it it was it was ESPN or might have been hockey database or something like that so uh so Greg Wyshynski might have been, yeah. according to <laughs> but Greg. But still, Wyshynski. I'll still I'll take four, even if it hey. top ten. I'll yeah, take. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, of course. I, I mean, any team is going to have any team with lots of draft picks who aren't moving their players up onto their their roster is going to be somebody who you go, oh yeah, they got a good prospect pool because yep. it's all based on potential. Chiching. That's what you're talking about. 
Okay, uh, who do you have? Like, let's go 29, 28, 27. Okay, 29, I got the Anaheim Ducks, 28, Nashville Predators, and 27, Vancouver. Okay, uh, I have a similar order, Nashville, 29, Anaheim, 28, and San Jose at 27. Okay. I've got San Jose a little bit lower. Uh, man, San Jose looks bad. Yeah, I have San Jose like at 26. Last was not a fluke. <laughs> So. Clearly, <laughs> no. Uh, Nashville, I, I thought about putting them low. Like, I guess I have them about as low as you can go. Uh, twenty twenty nine. You can't really put any other team in the thirty thirty one slot. Uh, maybe Buffalo, but you got to think Buffalo though is they've only played seventeen games, so, and they're tied with Detroit and Ottawa, who've played twenty two games. So you got to think over those five games, Buffalo is going to pick up. Three points, at least, hopefully, and that that would move them into uh, into more of like a low mid. But just the way that they've been playing, benching Jeff Skinner, he's got to get a goal sometime. Uh, my God, I don't know what is happening there, but you can't buy him out. Be like thirty-seven million dollars is what you'd have to. No, pay you him. can't afford to. He twelve years, he'd be on their books. Right, you can't afford to have that. No way. Um, but I will say, so reason I have the Ducks down at twenty-nine though for me, they are the lowest scoring team in the NHL, and they must be just so happy to see Trevor Zergis come up and uh, just look dynamite so far. But again, it's a small sample size, so I'm not reading into it. Um, Great goaltending though can can win a couple games right and that's why they're they're floating i mean it's just because of john gibson is you know john gibson uh nashville i mean uc saros he was supposed to be the future and then what happened the frick he tanked now it's pecker and A's net right now it's it's all him and um they can't seem to score a goal and i actually it's funny speaking of goals i saw a thing the other day or maybe it was today basically they were looking at all-time goals scored in a season record you know franchise leaders right Nashville is the only team active NHL franchise that has never had a 40 goal score. Really? Never. Columbus had two 41 goal scores, but Nashville, yeah, they're they, nothing. Rick Nash. Right. Yeah. Rick Nash did it. And I think it was Marion Gabrick too was another, um, I think who was on that list, but still regardless, I think their highest goal score ever was like 34, 35 goals. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was someone named Martin Erad or David Leguan or something stupid like that. Right. Um, but that just shows me, you know, how much this team misses scoring and really needs it. Um, you know, Vancouver, it's the goals against. Obviously, they're, you know, tied with Ottawa for the most goals against in the NHL, which is just really, really bad goaltending right now and bad defense. They just, they look lost. Yeah, Vancouver, uh, I'm... I guess I'm I'm still thinking. All right, this team isn't that much different than what we saw last year. So what's happening? Uh, is Chris Tanev really the like linchpin in this whole thing? I don't I don't know if I buy that. Uh, and and is Jacob Markstrom like that? Probably has more more to do with it. I agree. Uh, than anything, I mean they just cannot get a stop. Uh, and and in turn, I mean they offensively they're a very good team. I mean. The amount of goals that they've scored, when you look at the teams that are around them in the standings, I mean, they've scored a lot of goals. I mean, there's very few teams with uh, their third in the league in goals. I mean, that's it's fantastic. So they're having no problem scoring goals. And that is, when you look at the, the teams that are towards the bottom, what's their problem? Ottawa, struggling to score. Ottawa, maybe a little less. Ottawa's scoring some goals. 
but they have had some games where they put up six a few times. They're not that, consistent. That definitely helps. Sure. You know, you get a couple six goal games and suddenly things look a little different in the in the giant picture of goals for goals against. But when you look at these other teams that surround Vancouver, uh, their problem is they can't score. So to me, if they can just make some adjustments, get a little better goaltending, suddenly I think they start to win games. So I, I think there's more adjustments that Vancouver can make over some of these. Like, what's what's Anaheim and Nashville going to do? Neither of those teams are going to start Nothing. scoring goals. There's no one that can score there. I mean, everyone is has is essentially been washed up or just burnt out of whatever's happening there. Um, the Peter Peter Laviolette experiment, I think, is gone by the oh no 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 sorry not john hines john hines yes i was like wait, as soon as i said <laughs> uh john hines it's it's not working so far nope uh you're not gonna can the guy right now but it's definitely a personnel issue gotta try and get the right guys in there i think they have some pieces that they can move but uh anaheim they're not scoring goals anytime soon you gotta you gotta convince ryan gets to to move i think they will and to get something for him yeah. now, now i don't i think they're gonna have to eat half his salary and you know you're not going to get that much for Ryan Getzlaff, but you can. I think you could probably get you can get a third rounder, second and a third, sure, something like that. Like just for name value and for the like. You look at what Spezza and Thornton and these guys have done on the Leafs. You got to think people are looking at Ryan Getzlaff going, okay, man. He's like he's in the same ilk as those guys. If we can bring him in. Maybe he can play on our top line, and then we can kind of shuffle guys down. Like imagine, imagine Ryan Getzlaff going to Pittsburgh. Well, he doesn't have to play in the top line, right? I right. mean, yeah, even well, uh, Ryan Getzlaff on the third line, and maybe a top power play guy. How about Ryan Getzlaff with Sidney Crosby, or Dude. like, or maybe <laughs> to get Malkin going? I mean, you you know that uh, that Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I got a few things to talk about with Pittsburgh once we get there. Yeah. Uh, the. The Nashville Predators are 28 for me, like or 29 for me, because I think that this is only going to get worse. This is not a like, oh, they've got a lot in the cupboards. They, of course, they're Nashville. They got lots of defensemen, but it's it's going to go. It's going to keep getting worse. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's it's not going up anytime soon. Uh, let's go 26 through 24. All right, 26. I have the San Jose Sharks, so not too far behind yeah, where you yeah. have them. We'll hit them. 25 I've got Buffalo and 24 I have the New York Rangers okay yeah so I've got Buffalo 26 Vancouver 25 and Columbus 24 okay um, the Rangers at 23 so well, who's your 23 yeah 23 the Calgary Flames for me oh wow you got Calgary uh, got Calgary down there yeah uh, let's talk about Buffalo let's talk Jeff Skinner guy needs to get back into the lineup they need to figure something out. It's crazy, though, that he's not playing and they have the best power play in the league. The best power play so in the league. <laughs> the guy who scored 40 goals two years ago, you'd think, oh, okay, well, their power play is going to be good because they've got a lot. Nope, nope. He's not the reason why at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> he's not even playing. And and he did come out and say, I can't improve on anything unless I get to play. But then they're putting him on the fourth line and he's not producing and you wonder why because he's on the fourth line. Yep. Uh, I mean, gee whiz, Buffalo. I just, I, I don't know if there's. To me, this is a franchise where I think at some point, you know, like, are you going to start having that that Jack Eichel conversation, right? Because no. no. 
Yeah. I, I mean, you don't. You don't have that conversation. But every time, every year that goes. Yeah, every, every year, don't. though. Every year this keeps getting longer and longer, and they just keep sitting at the bottom of the league. They I also got destroyed I mean, by COVID. You know? No, I know they did, yeah. But, I mean, hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, once they start ridding themselves of some bad contracts and they can purge themselves of some terrible players, you know, maybe. But, obviously, it doesn't help when you have Jeff Skinner on the books for a while. Yeah, and he's not playing. Like, it'd be one thing if Jeff Skinner was playing at a mediocre pace, like a $4 million player pace. You could go, well, whatever, we're overpaying him, but at least he's a player. He can play in our top nine. Like, he's got to be able to play in that top nine. There's no way that he's that he's struggling that bad. No, I think that's just a, a you know management saying, "Hey, we're we're putting you on the fourth line. We're benching you. We want you to know that we're not happy with your performance." And yeah, I mean he's playing like a league minimum paid player. And hopefully, I mean I will say the one bright spot in Buffalo is Ristolainen playing much better this season than last. Yeah. So if they can keep that up, and right. Darlene kind of struggled to start the season, he's starting to get it back together a little bit. So maybe you know again they bring in some decent goaltending next year. Maybe the future is a little bit better. What do you think of Columbus right now? They make that big trade, Pierre-Luc Dubois. They bring in Patrick Laine. Has it worked for them so far? Like when I when I think of the Columbus Blue Jackets, I just kind of look at a a team that this is finally like kind of how how I think we expected last year to go. I you know what I don't necessarily know about that. I think this is still a team that's very capable of putting up some good numbers. Um, you know, obviously, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, they got a little, again, like a lot of guys, got off to a slow start. Um, and I learned that from a fantasy perspective, keeping Jones for so long. Not, I was just like, you know what, I'm not trading him. I'm not trading him. He'll come around, and he has. But the thing is, is, you know, Corpusalo hasn't been all that good. You know, Elvis Merlukens, he's been all right, but not good. And so I think if they can just improve that goaltending a little bit, and they've got to learn to adjust a little bit more. Um, you know, Jack Roslovic came in and looked pretty good to start off, and he's he's cooled off a little bit. But, you know, I think between him and Line A and, you know, Max Domi and, you know, some of these other little pieces, Cam Atkinson, you know, I think they have the ability to turn it around and still be competitive. Oh, when Zach Rorensky goes from a 30-goal pace to a 3-goal pace, you've got a problem. <laughs> a I little mean, bit. That's, that's, that's a big problem. Zach Rorensky has not looked good. Yeah. Uh, I... I'm wondering with you, New York Rangers was your 24, right? Yep. And uh, they're my 23. Without Panarin right now, I, I don't know how long that's gonna that's gonna go. That's the weirdest situation. I don't even like. I don't even fully understand it. But essentially, um, the 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 speak from the Panarin camp is he's being railroaded by the Russian government because he spoke out against them. Oh my god! And they're they're trying to frame them for some something stupid like what like abuse or something that's stupid and uh so he's he's taking some personal time to deal with it uh but it's the weirdest situation like, what in the heck is happening um then he leaves and they beat the bruins six to two so Maybe the Rangers figuring it out a little bit. I mean, that's a, that's definitely a confidence booster. Anytime you can beat the Bruins, uh, I I have to think much like Ottawa, but in a different position, in a little bit better position in terms of contending for a potential playoff spot. The Rangers with like with Lafreniere, you're hoping that he can or Lafreniere that he can figure 
Yeah, he finally got his first out. assist last night. Yeah, so as he, as he goes, uh, and and hopefully Panarin comes back. All is good. There's no no issues there in his personal life. Uh, this Rangers team should be better than they were last year, and they just haven't been able to put it all together. And I think based on the talent that they have there, I think that we we see them finishing higher. Also, when you 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 look at that division, that division's been a little a little bit funky in terms of like what's happened to it and games being canceled and moved around. So I think the Rangers still have a, a shot to be competitive. Now, will they make the playoffs? I, at this point, I doubt it, but I don't know if they're like bottom fourth worst in the league. I think that the division that they're in is also pretty good. Like even a Pittsburgh team, like Pittsburgh is not a bad team, but in this division they look bad. <laughs> but I think if they were in the Pacific, Pittsburgh would be in a playoff spot. Okay, yeah. So well. I, I think they're just playing in a really good division, and uh, and that's certainly hurt them too. So uh, okay, let's go. What we said, uh, twenty three to twenty something. Like that? Uh, we got twenty two to twenty. Twenty two to twenty. Yeah. So at twenty two, I've got the New Jersey Devils. Okay. At 21, the Arizona Coyotes. And at 20, I've got Columbus. All right. Now, Columbus a little higher than what you had them. But again, I kind of go back to, I think if, you know, goaltending can turn around a little bit and they, they just need to adjust, I think they're still learning to adjust with those couple big additions. And sure. yeah, I think they got an opportunity. But New Jersey, I mean, they're still a rebuild team. Let's let's face it. Ty Smith has been nice this season. Um, you know, leading all rookie defensemen in scoring. So that's always a bonus. And Nico Heischer, he's meh, meh. You know, yeah. Nico Heischer. Yeah, and you know, newly cap, newly named captain, but uh, it looks good on him. I think that was a good call. Yeah, I do too. Um, Arizona, though, they're the they're the question mark for me because you know they they have the capability sometimes to just shut teams down offensively, but um, they just haven't really done it as well this season. I mean, you know, they they've still let in quite a few goals compared to the last few seasons. So, you know, if they can turn that around, and you know, maybe Clayton Keller can pick it up just a little bit more, and you know, Kessel as well. Um, you know, again, this is a team that needs a number one center for sure, but you know, they're not going to get it. So maybe you can make a push, you know, LA for some reason has been hot. Um, you know, St. Louis has looked, you know, okay. So maybe they can still make a push here. Um, I don't know what it, I, I have Jordan Bingington on my fantasy team and I watch him play against Arizona and St. Louis for whatever reason, just can't beat the coyotes. So that's, uh, yeah, that's like Toronto and David Riddich. Right. So exactly, exactly. Get, get handcuffed by somebody. So Arizona has the opportunity here to maybe you know if they can you know keep playing like they do against some of these teams, they could maybe make a push for that fourth spot. But we'll see. All right. Um, so I have at twenty two, I have Calgary at twenty one, New Jersey, and then twenty Arizona. Uh, Calgary is an interesting one. They're playing. I mean, they actually have not done that bad. Like in terms of putting up points, scoring goals uh, in this division, they're last. And I think that 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 makes it look like, man, this team's really struggling to score goals. Uh, there are uh, many other teams around the league who can't score goals either. <laughs> but this this Calgary team is kind of this like a, a heckle in in Jekyll and Hyde. Heckle and Hyde. Heckle and Hyde. <laughs> heckle and Jide. <laughs> They they can come out play really well you know you go out come out you beat the Leafs and then you come out and Ottawa destroys you uh, just 
a lot of inconsistency. Jacob Markstrom out, and that's going to hurt you. Uh, it's only day to day, so hopefully he'll get back in the next right. game. But right, and but if you know if he misses, you know if this is a, a lingering thing, and the the plan was him all along. I mean that that definitely is going to going to play into uh, into them struggling. Really, they're they're a couple points back. Montreal's really struggled, so that has kept Calgary in the race. Uh, it's going to be a Montreal Calgary fourth place battle. I think that that's, that'll play out for the rest of this year. Yeah. I They'll agree. be within, within two to four points of each other for the, probably the majority of the, uh, the rest of the regular season. And, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, I think Montreal probably has the, the depth to fend off a of Calgary. I think Calgary just looks a little too slow at times and you can kind of see the age catching up to them yeah yeah once you get past i mean honestly with calgary once you get past Lindholm, goudreau and monahan there's not much offensively right so i worry for sure if they can get death scoring and that'll hurt them i i think the one saving grace for arizona they are above 500 and they are in a bad division one win and they are tied for first in this division now granted they played a lot more games but sure yeah, you got to play the game. <laughs> uh, they are not; they are definitely not out of anything. So, in some sense, that it makes me feel like, hey, you know, they this division either this division's really bad or everyone's just really, really equal <laughs> outside of the Ducks and the Sharks, right? Uh, who who have both been been quite terrible. But I mean, when two points separate first through sixth. I know that there's there's a four game gap in in games, but that that happens in the regular season. At time, like in a normal regular season, we see a four sure. game gap. Yeah, without a doubt. So it's not that crazy, uh, and you know you you are playing against your division all the time. So I think the one thing that we'll see is though there there has already been more swings because everyone's playing each other in the division. There's no there's no oh a points coming from this. This bad division, everyone right. goes outside and plays these teams, and, and we you have to essentially points. think about it like a four-point swing because that team's losing two, right. and you're gaining two, right? So, right. So things can turn a lot around a lot quicker in this format. So a team like, I mean, even Vancouver, who's who is several games back, several points back, you go in and you win three in a row against the same team. It could ha- it like it very well could happen. Suddenly, you find yourself in a playoff spot. Yep. Very quickly. And I think this this system will allot for a little bit more of an interesting back and forth in the regular season. All right, let's go. Uh, we're into the top 20 now. Let's go 19 through. Let's just do 19 through 15. 19 through 15. All right. So 19, I've got the Dallas Stars. At 18, the LA Kings. 17, Chicago Blackhawks. 16, Pittsburgh. And 15, Minnesota. Okay, we're, we're, uh, we're a little different here. So I've got... LA 19, Dallas 18, Pittsburgh 17, Washington, and then Montreal rounding out, uh, coming into the top 15 there. Okay. Uh, talk to me about Dallas. Yeah. Um, you know what? I worry about them because specifically Monday night, right? I watched Antoine Kudobin stop 49 shots. They still lose three to one. Now, granted, it was to the Florida Panthers, but it was their sixth straight loss. I know the Panthers juggernaut. Yeah, they're. I mean, Panthers are looking pretty good, but they've been ravished a lot by COVID, and they they haven't been able to get in 
in any sort of rhythm because every time they play a couple games, now they have to stop for five or six games, which is annoying, and I'm sure that's probably hindering them a little bit. But right now, from what I've seen, I just I worry about them a little bit that last well, year was Dallas, a fluke. Dallas has, uh, has also had the storms that happened, right? Like it wasn't sure. even all COVID. It was like, all right, we're back from COVID. Nope, there's no power now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's been that everything stuff too. has been going wrong for them. I mean, they are, there are teams in Detroit has played seven more games than the Dallas stars. I mean, Vancouver, I know it's at a different division has played nine more games than the Dallas stars. I mean, there's just, it's very difficult to compare. They're the one team that I kind of like, I put a giant asterisk next to them because yep. after 15 games, even even like, all right, they're six, five, and four. All right. So they lost four games in overtime in 15 games. I mean, that's easily, very easily four games where they happen to win in overtime. I mean, you know, overtime can be a little bit random sometimes. You know, it's just. It can like somebody gets possession off the bat and and things can go so so potentially there's maybe I'll say at least two points that are kind of a swing in there that are that are maybe an unlucky point that you lose there and if you have those points suddenly you're in 15 games you're at 18 points you've got six games in hand uh on the Columbus Blue Jackets who would only be three points back and then you you're of course nine points back of Carolina uh who's going to be hard to catch yeah, I will say the one thing is, you know, maybe they get... But you could catch Chicago. Right, yeah, you could. And maybe they get Tyler Sagan back and it just jumpstarts everything, right? That would be the, the and one that's, thing. And that's the other thing is you're playing without your top center. Right. And so, they're still they're still hanging on. They are. I'll give them that. Um, but again, I'm, I'm with you. I just, once I start seeing more consistency, I'm not necessarily just playing games, but, you know. Where did you have Pittsburgh in your list? I had Pittsburgh at 16. Okay, I had them at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, knocking on the door of the playoffs they're they're right there i mean there's there's plenty of opportunity for this team to to rewrite this ship like as long as you have crosby malkin Malkin. yeah i mean malkin has been quite bad he's actually i'd say i mean this might be his by far his worst year um i was reading an article uh and at the athletic i I finally bit the bullet and i thought i got a subscription to the athletic (laughs) i I need to two dollars a month for a year so it was like twenty four bucks for the for the year. It was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bite the bullet. I feel like when all these podcasts I listen, oh yeah, you gotta go read this. It's a must read over at the Athletic. I'm like, damn it, I don't have. I can read the first paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I finally I finally did it, and I've been in, enjoying a lot of the the deep dives. But uh, a deep dive into Malkin's year so far. And long story short, his his expected goals is way way back he's just he is not doing well at all he's not shooting he's not he's really not getting the same type of opportunities uh he's getting less ice time like every everything's kind of pulled back from malkin and uh you know he's he's now he's what 34 years old he's up there yeah and 34 tends to be the age where people can fall off really fast like does malkin go from last year being elite to this year now being really he's like a a decent second line center now yeah and i mean that's why the nhl has that you know 35 and over contract because yeah. they know once you hit 35 it's typically it, it can fall it goes down quick especially if you don't t- you know if you continue to take care of your body the same way that you took care of it through your 20s 
you can you can survive your early 30s and you'll find that you you kind of hit this age where you're like why isn't my body doing what it used to do and even when you work just as hard as you did before you your body's just not not there so you've got to change a lot of things you got to eat differently and drink less yeah. I just got to imagine he's Russian he well, <laughs> I'm, sure he, I'm sure his I'm sure his water bottle on occasion is is not just filled with water. Right. right. Yeah, and Pittsburgh too, the goaltending is horrific, right? Not a single goaltender with a nine hundred or better save percentage. Uh I mean they're they both Jari and DeSmith, they look bad. And it maybe that's a little bit uh, you know, about the team in front of them, but they still gotta stop pucks if they want to be better. Yeah, and uh I, I, I still think that Pittsburgh certainly has a, a good opportunity to make the playoffs. Uh the Islanders, I guess, would be the an, up until this this recent stretch. They they've been fantastic the last ten games. Uh, the first ten games, only they they were under five hundred. Didn't look that great stumbling into this season, and they've they've kind of figured that out. Uh, what good coaching will do. A lot of good teams in this division, and Pittsburgh might be the team that's left out in the dust. Yep. But bringing in Brian Burke, bringing in Ron Hextall, I. I mean, Brian Burke has already said we're gonna we're gonna try to win with this group. So you know they're gonna go out and make a move. I'm I'm on the gets laugh to Pittsburgh train. I did say uh, Pittsburgh wasn't making the playoffs, so that's true. You did, and I did say Philadelphia is a lock for the playoffs. They do, and they look pretty good. So they they do look good. Yeah, they just uh, they just didn't look good in Lake Tahoe. That's it. Well, we won't talk about that game. <laughs> Melty Tahoe. Boston could do that to you though. That's true. That is very true. Uh, okay. Any other teams in there that you want to... Montreal fired their coach. Claude Julien, bye-bye. Yeah. Um, Descharm in. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I got Montreal at 14 just because okay. as well as they started the season, I still think they're very capable of doing that. Carey Price has just looked really, really bad, and I think if they can bring in... I don't want to say really, really bad, but he hasn't looked good. Jake Allen should be giving a legitimate that's the thing. look. I think it's about time you just give Jake Allen the net. and you Like just a 932 say, save percentage. Right. Give him the net. Let Carey Price play one every four games. See what happens, right? Or you know, oh, you split him one every three games. I don't two, care. Two and yeah, I mean, he should he should at least be getting half the starts the way that Price is. But Price has not done himself any favors. No, and I mean, maybe it's just maybe if Price is playing less, he'll play better. I don't know. Maybe uh, or Minnesota maybe you just need to play Price every game. <laughs> right, and at fifteen, I've got Minnesota. So um, I they look great they're sitting in second place um i will say that that line of zuccarello uh god why can i never pronounce the russian yeah they just they look great um five in a row yeah i mean he did he did a wrap around the other day against or last night against la that just had some quickness to it that i've never seen so he he makes minnesota exciting to watch um so hopefully minnesota can keep this up i've always been a little leery of minnesota so i'm waiting for that bubble to burst so maybe that's why i don't have them maybe you know above a team like montreal right now yeah minnesota is uh with with kaprizov they suddenly have a game breaker Mm -hmm. they they always had depth they always had some talent but kaprizov has really changed the dynamic i mean right now he is shooting 17.9 percent with his five five goals i mean he's not shooting a ton He's not even averaging two shots a game so far, um, but it feels like he can do something every game. And and some of that is Minnesota's system. I mean, they're they're definitely playing a system that says we know we're not going to score a ton of goals, 
So we're, we're going to figure this out. But they have not missed Devin Dubnik, that's for sure. Nope. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, who else we got in here? Uh, Washington. I have Washington at 16. Yeah, you have them a lot lower than I do. I have them pretty low. Uh, four, five, and one in their last 10. They have struggled. They are the worst offender of allowing goals in that division. They've allowed 65 goals, which I, I know, yes, they have played... You know, New Jersey's only played 15 games, but uh, whereas Washington's played 19, but in those four games, I, I highly doubt New Jersey's going to allow 21 goals in four games. So Washington's defense has been rather porous. Uh, their goaltending has at times looked like what's happening here, like Sam Sonov hasn't been good. I mean, No, nobody's been good at, in that net. Vanacek? Uh He's been fine. Like he's been average, and that's kind of all you need with Washington is is average goaltending. But I I do worry. You know, you you kind of got this unknown goaltender playing all your games, and uh, that can like things can can turn off really quickly for a guy who I, I don't think any before a few weeks ago I didn't really I didn't know who uh, Vinicic. Is that how you say his name? I really don't I know. I didn't know who he was. So, you know, <laughs> just kind of popped on my radar once he started winning games for Washington. But that usually doesn't last forever. Like the Jordan Binnington thing, that's like a once in a generation kind of kind of Sure. I mean, we, we look at the Hamburglar, right? Just came out of nowhere. Usually guys like that. He that wasn't you, good. He just had a crazy run. Sure, yeah. And that's the thing. Usually you see guys where they just show up and they play really good for a stretch, win a lot of games, and then it kind of cools off. If they've never, you know, they've never been on anybody's radar before. Because if you're really a good goaltender, you'll be on someone's radar, right? Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope for Washington, maybe they can get some goaltending. And speaking of goaltending, Henrik Lundqvist in pads Tuesday uh, from open heart surgery. And, you know, hey, if anything, that just that's a moral boost for yeah, this team. Yeah, if he could come back, that'd be huge. Huge. Even the fact that maybe he can come back and be a part of the team. Right. Whether he's playing games this year, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how that works. But, uh, yeah, that would, be a, that would be a big boost. Um. Who do you have 14 through 10? Uh, 14 through 11. Okay. We'll yeah. leave the top 10. So 14, I have Montreal. 13, the Islanders. 12, Washington. And 11, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, I've got St. Louis, 14, Chicago, 13, Minnesota, 12, and the Islanders, 11. Okay. I do want to talk about why you have, like, I had Chicago at 17, so not a huge difference, but why 13? What, what about them has just caught your eye? Well, they're getting... They're getting a very timely goaltending, and that is well. You know, when you look at their their goals against, it's kind of middle of the road. They they have just been exceeding expectations all year. And when I consider what they've been able to do, they're eight and two in their last ten. I mean, they're I I don't know if there's a team that is Edmonton is also eight and two in their last ten. Uh, so. In terms of being very hot, Chicago, the hottest team, at least in that central division, they're rolling, and that's a big deal. I mean, in power rankings, you know, you're, you're looking at the team, what have you done for me lately? And so Chicago uh, has shown in the last 10 games there's something going on there. Uh, they, they've just shown up. They aren't supposed to be here. They're supposed to be down with Detroit. They're like, supposed to be rebuilding. 
Like that's why they started those young kids. Detroit in Detroit and Chicago were supposed to battle it out for that last spot in the division, and here you go. Chicago's in a playoff spot. Don't look like Patrick Kane with thirty-one points. Alex DeBrinket's got twenty points. Like you've got a couple of guys averaging more than a point per game, and I mean you get Dominic Kubalik. 16 points in 21 games. I mean, these guys that, uh, you you know, where's Jonathan Taves? Oh, he's injured, but. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but. Oh, Jonathan Taves, and you're telling me that with Jonathan Taves out, that this team is better would be <laughs> where they are. I mean, to me, the surprise is the goaltending, right? Kevin Lakenen, for me, has been a revelation. 14 games, 921 save percentage, 2.59. And Malcolm Subban, not a bad backup right now because... He's been fine. Yeah. 930 save percentage. The way he played in Vegas, the way he played in Boston prior to to him coming to Chicago, I would never have said, okay, this kid is going to be a decent backup. But right now he's showing he has the the abilities to be a backup in the NHL. So whether or not that's short-lived or, you know, he's going to continue that sort of success, maybe not at this level, but have some success as a backup is still to be seen. So I'm not holding my breath on him, but still, Lankanen playing very, very well. So hopefully he can keep this up because Chicago is a team that I would just love to see in the playoffs because you always want to have the best players, and Patrick Kane is one of the best players. That is very true. Uh, Their defense is, like, on paper, fairly ugly. (laughs) Right. But they've been just fine. Yeah, they've been doing it by committee. Uh, Duncan Keith has been okay, and anything you can get milk out of Duncan Keith, former Norris Trophy winning Duncan Keith, uh, the the better. So that's Chicago. They're hot right now. Yeah, so but I, they do. I, I can't. I can't put the hottest team in the league in the back half when they're in a playoff spot. They are the worst team though in the NHL in terms of shots against. So that worries me. That's why I could see them falling apart, crumbling real quick. That's and without Taves, they're one of the you know worst face-off teams too. So, yes. when's Taves back? I have no idea. Uh, okay, let's let's talk New York Islanders. Where do you have the Islanders? Like thir- thirteen. 13. 13. Yep. I have them at eleven. Uh, where do you think the New York Islanders? Fit? I mean, when when you consider how their season's gone, they're seven two and one. Uh, is this a team that's on the rise and they're going to find their way into the playoffs no problem? Or is this 10-game stretch? Like, which 10-game which stretch is the Islanders in your mind? I think it's somewhere in the middle between the two of them. I think they're maybe like a 6-3-1 and one type of team and a 10-game stretch, and which would be fantastic for them. Um, well, a 6-3-1 and one would be... Would be very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I think they're somewhere in there that that sort of range because, again, they they're a team that that gets it done by committee, right? They get scoring from everywhere. I mean, guys like JG Pajot, Eberle, Matthew Barzell, these guys just do it by committee. There's no one guy that really just blows everybody else out of the water. Like you know, a lot of these teams have those those sort of players. They went and beat the Bruins seven two. So <laughs> right, and that's the thing. They're still capable of beating teams like that. And then not to mention too. I mean, as long as you got Barry trots you know doing his thing behind the bench you're gonna get a good defensive system and right now Varlamov looks like he's gonna contend for a potential Vesna in my opinion I think he's very capable if he keeps this type of goaltending up I mean 2.06 goals against average is phenomenal three shutouts already um you know Sorokin I'd like to see him step up a little bit better but again they can ride Varlamov and they're totally comfortable with that sure. yeah they're uh they are 
when when you look at the t- other teams in this division, I, they're they're one, like I don't see them falling apart at all. They're so well coached. Mm-hmm. They've got players bought in. I can still see this team winning this division. I mean, I think they if could, they they could be really really good. If they did, I wouldn't be like, oh man, that's that's really shocking. I'd be like, well, no, I mean. That's more than capable. Teams like Washington, Pittsburgh are getting a little bit older, a little slower, so they're going to eventually start falling. You know, you, you got the Phillies and Islanders creeping up a little bit, and Boston's always going to be up there. But you know, Boston, you know, doesn't scare me as much as maybe they did last year or the year before. But yeah, I, I think I think Boston's just buying their time to get into the playoffs, and sure. this is this is probably it. This is like their their last run. They they've got a chance. I mean, we say that every year, and it seems like they get. They they lose pieces every year and somehow they're still really good. Right. <laughs> so I mean, losing Chara, losing Krug, uh, those are definitely things we thought would really affect them. And thus far, they've been pretty good. Uh, well, they've been great. <laughs> right. Their last ten, they've been okay. But you know, some of those, uh, you, you got to think that Lake Tahoe experience did something weird. But anyways, let's go. St. Louis. Where'd you have St. Louis again? I have them at 11. 11. Yeah. I have them at 14. Uh, right now, they sit third in the Honda West division. They have played considerable more amount of games than, like, say, the Avs, a team behind them. Even the LA Kings with a game in hand with a win puts the LA Kings in the playoffs and the St. Louis Blues out of the playoffs. Uh, is this a team that, like, they're 3 6 and 1? in their last 10 they've lost three in a row uh will they continue to slide or do you expect them to to kind of right this ship back the other way i mean you got to think la is not going to be able to hold out this pace yeah that that is definitely part of it i think la's just on a little bit of a tear i mean if you had told me you know dustin brown would have been one of the league's leader in goals <laughs> to start the season i would have had you committed but you know hey here we are uh <laughs> i mean hey St. Louis had a couple bad runs against, uh, you know, Arizona. We talked about them earlier. They just couldn't seem to to figure that one out. But, I mean, this is St. Louis, right? They're going to get it done five on five. Um, they're not going to beat you on the power play. And I think, you know, the goaltending's been mediocre right now. I think if they can, you know, Jordan Bingington, nine fourteen, not bad. But I think if they can get a little bit more out of him, if they can get a little bit more scoring in terms of depth, because right now you look at David Braun, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, we talked about him in our last show, Jordan Cairo. Uh, you know, Braden Shin, they're getting scoring there, but I think they just need, and Tory Krug has looked phenomenal, I think, in that Blues uniform. Um, but I think if they can get more out of guys like, you know, Jaden Schwartz, Robert Thomas, uh, Barbashev, these guys who were expected to grow a little bit more, they'd be all right. You know, and I think, again, they're kind of, to me, like Boston, where they're just, you know, they don't have the luxury of being at the top, but if they can just get in the playoffs, they're going to do damage. So I, I would expect that when we talk after March 20th that the St. Louis Blues will be in first place in this division. Here's why. They play San Jose tonight, Saturday. Then they have two against Anaheim, two against LA, another one against San Jose. Then then you've got two against Vegas. But then you've got another two against LA, another two against San Jose. So you're going to play San Jose four times. You're going to play LA four times. And Anaheim twice, and you got the Golden Knights. You think you that's, can pick that's up fourteen? A pretty good thirteen schedule. points, yeah. And and based on what you're, I mean, they're one point out of first place. Yes, teams have some games in hand, but 
let's say they go in and they they are able to take one out of two against Vegas and out of all those you know four games against LA you're thinking you're probably going to go two one and one we'll say against at a minimum LA you're going three and one probably against San Jose and you're hoping to take both from Anaheim because Anaheim can't score worth a damn right so you like you, you when you when you consider that and you go okay well where are they going to be in the next month I think that they'll be in a playoff spot no problem I agree they just they've had a bad stretch right now um, and again if they don't win and they like come 500 through oh that gosh. stretch then they, that actually could make them like this this could be a make or break month for them no I absolutely agree because if you can't beat the teams that you're supposed to beat then yeah well, and if they then what are they going to do against teams LA like takes, Vegas and LA somehow goes and takes three out of four against them? Well, then LA is jumping them in the standings, and Colorado probably at the same time is jumping them as well. Right. So you you got to win those games, but I think St. Louis is very very capable. I would expect them to go in and and beat LA. Well, they better just got to beat Anze Kopitar. That's basically <laughs> that's basically it. Uh, okay, let's should we go in the top ten? Let's do it. Um, I have Philadelphia at 10. As do I. Edmonton at 9 and Colorado at 8. We're pretty close. I've got Philly at 10, Edmonton at 9, but I've got Winnipeg at 8. Okay. Do you have Colorado at 7? I do. Okay. And I have Winnipeg at 7. Okay. Uh, which one of those teams stands out to you in there? Um, honestly, I want to talk about Edmonton. Okay. Let's go. Um, just because I, I worry about this team a lot, mainly because Mike Smith is playing so good right now. He is, they've won five in a row. Yes. The guy is 6-0 and right now. So, you know, to me, I think at some point, Mike Smith being Mike Smith and, well, like, this is no different. Like, Edmonton, what I will say is they've gotten more offense out of their D, which has been great to see, right? Darnell Nurse, type, you know, Barry's been great. But, you know, at some point, you got to figure Mike Smith is going to kind of go back to, you know, that average slightly above average goaltender that he is and he's not sure. going to be phenomenal like he's been you know lately for Edmonton and um you know again Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl they're going to continue to produce there's no shock why they're at the top of the league in points so um you know again if the goaltending comes back down a little bit to earth this team could slip a little bit but at the same time uh, you know if they just continue to roll then boy it's going to be it's going to be an interesting north division that's for sure do uh, do we have Tyson Berry for Norris? No, is that your, uh, <laughs> get out of here. He is third in scoring for defensemen. Nope, won't won't talk points. about it. It's going to be hard to put a guy like that, especially Darnell Nurse. I feel bad for these guys when you have two offensive juggernauts up front. They're just going to go back, and everybody's going to say, "Oh, it's because you get to play with these guys." As long as Victor Hedman is like is up there in scoring, he'll win the Norris. Yeah, for people, sure. People love him. Um, yeah, Edmonton. I mean, we're gonna find it. We're gonna find out here. We've got a little uh, a little series with Toronto now, and I mean that's uh, that's what everyone wants. That's to the see. benchmark. That's that's what everyone. I I think that both those teams will. It's a benchmark for each of them. I mean, you're gonna go. Uh, probably you're you're in Edmonton. I think that Edmonton will likely do what they did in previous games, where they try to keep McDavid away from Matthews as much as possible. They'll they'll play him against Tavares and. It has worked. Tavares has not been good, anyways. So, uh, <laughs> a chance for Tavares. Maybe you know. Maybe you get up for this competition. You know, hopefully Tavares being the guy that he is. Here's your opportunity. Like, go out and and best the best. 
you got a chance to do it now. Yeah. It's funny when you look at both these teams, like their number two centers are really the better defensive centers, but can still put up a crazy ton of points when, you know, needed. So Dreisaitl and Tavares, they're, yeah, love it. Yeah, it'll be, uh, those, those will be the fun games. Yeah. Fun, Toronto, Edmonton, I mean, those those are the, of, of all the games in that division, those are the, what, there's nine games that they'll play each other. Those are the marquee games in my mind. Yeah, so this will be where I figure out what Mike Smith is at this point, so. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Mike Smith goes on these runs. I mean, he has, he has shown the ability to get very, very hot and be fantastic in those runs. Um, and for my sake, I hope it, it ends tonight. Uh, <laughs> Colorado at eight. Uh, I think for the most part, expected them to be a little bit higher throughout the season. And so far, Colorado has been, they've been fine. I mean, they're, they're at a six six eighteen point percentage. Like they're, they're doing just fine. Uh, struggling to score goals though. They, ha- they haven't been not even scoring three goals a game. And that is what I would expect a Colorado team to be is this high scoring team. Now, granted, they've allowed only 40 goals in 17 games. That's really, really good. Bowers look great. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering, you know, where, where is the goal scoring going to come from outside of McKinnon for this team? Uh, which has kind of been a question mark for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Kadri, Rantanen, they've looked good. Um, but I, I want a little bit more out of Landeskog. I want a little bit more out of Barakowski, um, Natruskin, like these guys. They got to they gotta step up a little bit more. And um, yeah, and maybe I would like to see Bowen Byram take that next step, be a little bit, you know, a little bit better. But uh, especially coming in at, you know, the fourth pick in the draft, I kind of expected him to come in this season and and not necessarily be a difference maker because you still have Kale McCarr and Devin Tays, who's been pretty good. But um, I expected him to have the opportunity to just play that, you know, offensive style that he's capable of. Yeah, it uh, doesn't. Also, doesn't uh, doesn't help. You know, you've got Tyson Jost. He's got no goals. Uh, Nachushkin's got two goals. Landis Cog with three goals. Uh, I mean, Kadri with six is is okay. I guess. I guess then you're on. You're on pace for about an 18 goal year, which is which is decent in this 56 56 game game year you're you're looking at almost a 30 goal season nathan mckinnon only four goals though through 16 yeah 35 41 the two previous seasons and so when you're scoring four goals that's that worries me yeah so i mean only shooting a 6.3 percent shooting like that's going to go up yeah he's he still leads the team in shots and he's just not it's not putting them in right now so uh he works hard you know like he makes he makes up when he's struggling he makes up for it in so many other ways sure uh but you gotta you gotta wonder like when is the offense gonna break out for this team and uh, I don't think in a playoff series this team can be the defensive like they're not gonna be that oh we're gonna beat you with our defense nope we're gonna strangle you yeah defensive. so if they go up against like a St. Louis like they, they can't win those two score. to one games you gotta be able right. to score uh, and so that, that that's my one worry with them uh, their offense was just so lights out last year and uh Hopefully they write that ship. Uh, where do we got next? So, seven. yeah, seven. Uh, I've got Colorado. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yep. got Winnipeg. Okay, so yeah, they're flip-flop now. Um, number six for me, Florida Panthers. Okay, Florida Panthers leading their division. Yep. Number six. I've so got them at obviously six. Obviously you think it's a fluke. 
well, you know, I necessarily don't think it's a fluke. I think they're more than capable of, you know, leading the division. I mean, from a points percentage-wise, they're not leading the division because that's what I always look at uh, first and foremost, and Tampa Bay's up there. But I will say they're getting contributions everywhere, right? They're they're scoring a lot of goals. They're not necessarily stopping the puck as, as well as they could be, and that's the area of concern for me because uh, Bobrovsky's... has been great. Yeah, he's been great. <laughs> Bobrovsky, not so much. So if, you know... Bobrovsky's still six and two, but a three oh five state goals against him. Yeah, so I mean if he if he can turn it on a little bit, then yeah, I'm putting Florida, you know, right back up a little bit higher, top five easy. But um How just... much is Pittsburgh missing Patrick Hornquist right now? Oh my goodness. Patrick Hornquist has been great. Almost a point per game. He's got eight goals. He's tied for the lead, for the team lead in goals there. Uh I mean he's just been Phenomenal. I mean, he's second on the team in shots. He's he has sixty-seven shots in nineteen games. I mean, more than three shots per game. That's for a guy who is a, a net front presence type of player. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's th- things are working out very well for Patrick Hornquist uh, as uh, you know he leaves kind of a struggling Pittsburgh team, and he he's getting another lease on life. I mean, the the Florida Panthers. If they can stick here in this like one-two kind of slot, I mean they won't have to play Tampa Bay till the second round, and and they've got a legitimate chance. I think I like when I look at the playoffs, I think, you know, do I think that Florida could beat Carolina? Yeah, could they beat Chicago? Absolutely. Could they beat Columbus? No problem. Uh, Dallas, you know, they they could beat these teams, and I think this team, this is one of those teams that they have failed to meet expectations so many years you know you you look and you're like well you just got to get into the playoffs once and then you can win around the next year and then you win a couple rounds a year after like that's sometimes the progression that we see but i think with this panthers team they've matured enough like this team could go on a legitimate run yeah and there's not i don't think there's as much pressure either for them to to be great you know in the playoffs because they've just been so mediocre you know last few seasons where we've expected them to be good um i will say love watching keith yandel kind of stick it to everybody's face saying hey i'm still a freaking awesome player <laughs> um but two surprises for me alex winberg he stepped up he's looking yes, much and better he said in the beginning remember it, it was if, yeah. if alexander venberg can step it up then that changes the florida panthers and it really has it has and i love watching anthony duclair right He's always exciting for me as a depth guy, and so um, you know if this team can get if this team can get Brett Connolly going again too, my gosh, they would be even better. Which is and, and Aaron Eckblad has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's he's definitely over his concussion issues that really hampered him for a couple years. He just he didn't look as good as that rookie of the year season that he had, and uh, yeah, yeah, twenty five minutes a game. It's, Aaron it's great. Looks, I mean, he's he's in, for my money probably a top. Top eight, top ten defensemen in the NHL. I buy it right, right now. now. Yeah, uh, and that is is huge. That can never be underplayed. Okay, uh, I've got Florida at five. Okay, Carolina at six. Uh, I had a hard time putting Carolina ahead of Florida. Who is okay? Four. Where's Carolina for you? Five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, played the same amount of games, and and Florida, Florida for my money has looked a, a little bit better, and and Florida. Seven and three in their last ten. Carolina lost three in a row. Five and four. So, more of a a recency kind of thing. Uh, let's go into your. Let's go four, three, four, three, four. So three is Boston. Okay. And four, I've got Vegas. Okay. I just haven't flipped. Okay. And I don't blame you. I did until basically, you know, Wait, three Vegas, Boston four. No, no, no. Boston's three. Okay, yeah. Vegas I, four. I Vegas three. 
Yeah, I had I originally I flipped them yesterday, um, but I can't blame you. I mean, they're both amazing teams. They're playing great two way hockey. Uh, the one thing I will say about Boston that worries me, and maybe it's sort of. I, maybe not so much a worry, but like how much more dangerous could they be when Tuka Rask starts turning it on? That's true. Uh, I mean, the somewhat similar thought for, for Vegas is they've only played 16 games. They lead that division. Like they are going to run away with this division. And that, that has to be accounted for Like Boston could certainly, there are teams within striking distance. I mean, Washington's right there. The Islanders are there. Philadelphia is right there there are teams that could overtake them. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Vegas, I like they're likely going to be in first place. Yeah. I don't this, see anybody this entire time. Uh, St. Mark Louis Stone might make a push, but Pacioretty finally looks comfortable in Vegas. He's got eight goals through 16 games. I mean, he's on pace for like a 25 goal season, maybe more uh, if he can keep pushing this. And, uh, and Alex Tucks looked really good again this year. I mean, last year he kind of struggled and that's, that's huge. Um, Are we giving Mark Andre Fleury the Vesna? If if they go, I mean, one five five goals against a nine four two, ridiculous, <laughs> and and he's only eight and three, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, imagine if uh, if they they got the goals, uh, and I mean, it's not like Robin Leonard's been bad. It, it is very funny though. I lo- I love it. I love it. Uh, what are they going to do? They they're just going to hang on to both guys. Obviously. You have to. You don't have any any choice, but. It's it's fantastic. I I just love that guy. He's he always just when you count him out, <laughs> he gives a big middle finger and just keeps on going. And yep. it's like, no, I I am freaking good. What <laughs> right. are you doing? I Don't, didn't get drafted. Imagine if they imagine if they didn't waste their money on Robin Leonard and they went after and they held on to Thomas Tatar. Dude. I mean, that, that well, would eliminate the Pacioretty thing, but still, but I mean, you could go after, you would have the ability to go after somebody else with that money, right? I mean, you could make a trade because you know Vegas is going to be aggressive want, again. Yeah, sometimes I wonder so, what if Vegas didn't make that move and they they had uh, kept Thomas Tatar and Nick Suzuki and didn't trade for Max Pacioretty, signed Max Pacioretty when he became a free agent. Could have done that, but at the same time, I don't think you have the capital then at that point to trade for Petrangelo, so. I'm sorry, not trade for him, but sign, um, sign him. Yeah, I don't then think you, you don't have the sign room. Robin Leonard. Yeah, then you have it. Then you've got the money. That money is the money you'd give to uh, um, to Tatar instead. Maybe, yeah, months. I guess. Like yeah, transfers right over. Anyways, that's uh, there's a lot of a lot of branches that right. need to connect there. <laughs> we can look at that one day. That would be fun. Uh, I assume that your one two is has uh, two two teams that start with a T. Yes, I do believe so. Uh, I have Tampa Bay number one, and I have Toronto number two. Same. Yep. Um, I am very like very on the fence of Vegas being in that number two spot because Toronto has uh, their their power play hasn't looked as good. I I like we could if they go in and they they lose a couple games to Edmonton here. I think Vegas jumps them. Uh, I'm not worried. Like, there's no worries about Toronto making the playoffs and. You know, when a team's really good, it's often that you're like, what the heck? Why isn't this, this one, we're first place, but this guy isn't playing well. Well, you're in first place. So obviously he's doing something like he's doing something because right. you're in first place. Uh, but uh, you, yeah, it's easy to start getting nitpicky, like going after Jimmy VC, who's been just, he's been a normal fourth line player, but everyone's hating on Jimmy VC because he hasn't been 
like the Jimmy VC that everyone expected him to be coming out of college when he like yeah. signed with New York. And he's not that guy. He's not good. He's a fourth line player. Yep. Fourth line players just need to be even. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the thing. You just want to score as many goals as you let in. Now, I, as far as Toronto's concerned, it's funny because, yeah, you know, people have been talking about Tavares and Nylander struggles, but I mean, those guys still are freaking like roughly 0.8 points per game. Tavares is face-off percentage is nearly at 60%. So when you look at the things he's not doing scoring... Yeah, exactly. He's still a freaking phenomenal player right now. The problem is is he's just making so much money. Right, and that that does come with a little bit more criticism for sure. But Nylander, so I'm excited for him because now it's... I can't remember when the interview was. It was maybe a couple days ago. But when he scored those two goals and they were like, what's the difference? He's like, I just started shooting. He was shooting maybe two shots a game. Now he, he shoots six and... Boom, there come the goals, right? Okay. So maybe that's the difference for him. Just start shooting. Everyone should just shoot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, once once you start getting up near the top, I mean, Tampa Bay, for my money, is just, they're just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, so well-rounded. Five and goal the, differential. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Freddie Anderson, right? He's He's been okay, but I... I expect him to be better and if he can be better you know then maybe you can start having that conversation because Vasilevsky and that defensive system in Tampa has been shutting teams down well, offensively. And, and we'll see what Jack Campbell can do here I mean this is uh, Anderson's probably probably not going to play either of these games against Edmonton he's not playing tonight yep. and uh, Jack Campbell's going to get an opportunity here I mean Michael Hutchinson looked good against Calgary <laughs> it was so probably weird. his best game as a lead. You know Hutchinson uh, he got a new helmet and it's the Felix the cat. Oh yeah. Potvin's mask. It's funny that's I, great. Yeah, he hasn't worn it in a game yet, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess when I look at Toronto's goaltending, you kind of go, all right, you, because of the way that they play, I mean, they're just trying to outscore everybody. Actually, I mean, they they've been pretty good. I mean, fifty five goals against in twenty one games. That's you know, you're at less than three goals a game, and you're at almost four goals a game scored. So, uh, outside of some of those weird weird games against Ottawa where you're like you're letting six goals in against Ottawa that's just that was a weird game I think that that's maybe like people are hanging there they're looking at that game going oh boy they blew a lead against Ottawa this team just can't hold on to leads I, I don't know if I read much into that game like you just it just got away from them and it is what it is I think a lot of teams have a game every year where they blow a three goal or a four goal lead and and it just gets Okay, well, that was crazy. All right, let's move on. But because it's the Leafs and they did it in game seven, it's like this this thing that just holds on, even though nobody's even left. There's no one there. Right. <laughs> Morgan Riley, maybe, was was he there? I think he was. Yeah. So he's it. He's the only guy left over from, from that team. So Yeah. Uh, but Tampa, though, has got to pick up the scoring, though. I will say this. Uh, when Victor Hedman's your leading scorer on the team, you might have some worries. Yeah, and... I think, you know, the way that Tampa Bay started last year, where we were kind of like, what's going on with them? I think they're just like, we don't, we're just going to cruise control. We're just going to get in. <laughs> right. We get in and we're going to, we're going to destroy. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay will likely win that division and, you know, they're, they're going to come up against, I, I guess, who does it, who plays who in the, in the conference finals. How does that work? Is there certain divisions that are set to play each other? No, so the first two rounds... Is it just, is it just the, the top team with points will play the bottom team with points? So, yeah, my understanding is it's the first two rounds you're basically playing within your division, right. but the third and fourth rounds are basically reseeding 
right? So okay, they'll reseed based on the points yes. from the regular season. Okay, so so really, there's no. All right, the the North is going to play the Central, and and that you know. Yeah, but if you're so if you're Tampa, right? Maybe you finish first. Now you have to worry about playing Columbus or Carolina. Like Columbus, wouldn't worry about at all. Carolina, on the other hand, I might worry a little bit about that, right? So that's that's yeah. a little dangerous. Now, I I hope we get to see a Florida, Tampa Bay. I know I'm serious. So it. I want it so bad. <laughs> yes. I want it so bad. Uh, however, we need to make that happen. Let's let's make yep. it. Happen. Let Chicago get in the playoffs so they can be demolished in the first round, so we can make this happen. There you go. All right, those are our power rankings for the first third of the season. Uh, let us know what you think. At OT Hockey Talk, if you have any questions, any uh, any list that you think we should run through, uh, we we always love getting some new ideas for those. And uh, enjoy all the hockey. It's great the hockey's back. I feel like there's something to do every day now. Love it. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you guys soon.
last one. The regular season starts six days in six days on Wednesday. Freaking a Wednesday, January thirteenth. We will do something for it. You'll find out <laughs> of what we're gonna do. But we'll we'll be watching some games, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon.